the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great show coming up today. Great show, uh, really great show. And in particular, I'm looking forward to talking with uh, John Schlafly, catching up with him, but also Dr. Edward Bartlett, who is the head of an organization called SAVE, which is focused on Title IX and how the Title IX efforts of the federal government have been used to create these kangaroo courts on college campuses, university campuses. We we talked months ago now with a professor, retired professor from university who talked walked us through and talked us through how these uh, Title IX kangaroo courts can work. Well, the, the Trump administration didn't eliminate them, but gave them more due process, gave them uh, standards, and the Biden administration is about to flip that back. So we'll, we'll talk with Dr. Edward Bartlett about that. Uh, but first, what do you need to know today? What's your wink today? What do you need to know? You know, I got a lot of feedback from folks in the last couple of weeks on what their highest priority issues are. And one of them is election integrity. That's the phrase that pays. People talk about it all the time. Let me just tell you something. As I've been thinking it through, working on it, it's all hands on deck time. It's all hands on deck time because the Democrats and the left admitted that they spent hundreds of millions of dollars to, quote, fortify the election. Now, they said they didn't cheat. Let's take them at their word. But they did admit that they used every single legal avenue to increase their possibility, their way of succeeding. Again, let's take them at their word. No one has proven the fraud. I happen to think there's some real, real likelihood that there were major problems. But if it hasn't been proven, let's concede it. But then we have to go back and we have to move on. And what they admitted, they admitted hundreds of millions of dollars, not just the Zuckerbucks, not just the um, get out the vote, but the lawyers, thousands of lawyers hired by the Democrats and the left paid money raised and paid. I would add to that, by the way, the fake polls, the fake news, uh, all those kinds of things. They used every single way that they could to win the election, to fortify the election. That's what they said. That's the term they use, fortify the election. So does any, here's, the, here's what you need to know. Does anybody think that Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden, and all of the assorted and related entities that have made a massive amount of of money have transferred massive amounts of wealth. Think about it. In the last couple of years, we're not talking about a couple hundred million dollars. We're talking about a couple hundred billion dollars. We're talking about a trillion dollars. We're talking about money that was transferred during the COVID era and afterwards, the uh, 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 the infrastructure deals, all that stuff. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars, trillions of dollars all told transferred. So if someone's got access to that much money and power, money's not the problem. Money is not lacking. If you're on the left, if you're a Democrat right now, you have plenty of money because you got all the power. The money's been coming to you. And now we have news that the Biden administration, Joe Biden, President Biden, has signed an executive order to spend a billion, with a B, dollars 
to fortify (laughs) the election. So tax dollars spent to fortify the election this fall, and it will be run by the Department of Homeland Security. The Department of Homeland Security will have a billion dollars to go ahead and try to protect, among other things, the fortification that they did in the election having to do especially with ballot boxes and drop boxes and early voting and all those other things. So now we have the the government deciding that they will play a massive role in the in the elections in such a way that they will influence what's happening or fortify the election. So my point here is what you need to know is a when someone has enough money, when someone has enough money to influence what's going on, right? When that exists and there is, something will happen, right? Now, if you say the if you say that the um administration uh and the and the left had started at, at, in 2020 had in, had fortified the election and succeeded, would they do it again? Yeah, of course. How could they not? Why would they not? What you need to know is there's just no chance that if you had people in 2020 get away with fortifying the election and they have another opportunity and they have plenty of money, why wouldn't they do it again? What is the reason that they wouldn't do it again? And so the point here, my point here is all hands on deck because they're about to do it again. They're about to do the fortification of the election again, meaning they're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars more than that, likely, and they're going to try to inf- fortify the election. They're admitting it. They're they're using this as the report that there's a billion dollars being spent to federalize the ballot boxes run by the federal government. To, in other words, to fortify the election. I mean, at this point, it's not like they're hiding it. It's not like they're um, you know deciding that they might may or may not actually spend the money. Why? Why? Does anybody think that Nancy Pelosi and her administration would decide? By the way, I think I misspoke. HUD is, HUD is going to be the lead agency, not Homeland Security. Uh, HUD. And so, but why would anybody think that they would deci- that they would suddenly say, "Oh well, we had a good run. Let's give up power." No way. Absolutely no way. There is no way that they wouldn't do exactly what they did in the in the 2020 election, if in fact. They say they did everything legally. Why wouldn't they do it again? Why wouldn't they do it again? It's obviously uh, a necessary thing that they thought they should do, and they're going to do it again. The um, billion dollars, billion dollars, everybody. I mean, again, all hands on deck. I will tell you that if there's places you want to look, when you look back in time, you say, well, where, where the, where the, was the Trump campaign ready for what happened? Not really. They had a couple of dozen lawyers. Uh, maybe more than that, but the other side had a, a thousand, a couple of thousand lawyers. I mean, they had a strategy to get power and they went about it. Now, again, back up one more shot, one more time and I'll stop. I'm sorry. It's, uh, there's been a lot going on, but just walk through what you need to know. Walk through what I'm saying to you. And by the way, my great friend, Frida Keogh, she said she listens all the time. She's one of the great fighters for election integrity out in Missouri. Frida Keogh, what a, what a lady. Um, thank you for listening, Frida. But let me just walk you through this, what you need to know one more time. First, if you succeed in fortifying the election, 
if the Democrats succeeded in fortifying the 2020 election, meaning change the rules, change the process in the ways that gave them the best chance to win, and they say they did that, they announced that they did that. They say they didn't cheat. I'm not even trying to argue that. I'm just saying they conceded. They have said we were able to spend millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to fortify the election in such a way that it was to our advantage for us to win. Okay, that's number one. If you do that once and it works, why wouldn't you do it again? Why wouldn't you do it again? I mean, if you if you if you want to be very cynical, you say if someone if your if your kid steals a cookie and uh, gets caught and there's no punishment, or even more importantly, steals a cookie and doesn't get caught, well, they're going to do it again until they get caught. So in this case, the Democrats have said the left has said we fortified the election with hundreds of millions of dollars. We got that money. We used it to to change the rules in ways that'll help us win, and we did it. And now we don't even have to raise the money from Zuckerberg and others. We've got a billion dollars coming from the Biden administration to do it. So that's number one. They did it before. They'll do it again. Why wouldn't they? Number two, what I just implied. If you have the power, Pelosi, McConnell, excuse me, Pelosi, Schumer, Biden, you have a billion dollars now. You're saying to people, hey, I got the power. I got the power. I've got the money. Let's go. You know, it's not like you have to convince them. You don't have to even motivate them. You don't have to get them excited. You're paying them. You're paying them to do it. And so on one side of this equation right now is are people that have proven that they know how to fortify the system, gain advantage, get the money, and go ahead and do it. On our side, meaning we the people, it's pretty much time to say all hands on deck. What are we going to do? What are you going to do? Now, the easy answer is local action, national impact. That's what General Flynn has said. I'm not saying it's easy. That's one way to think. Okay, get motivated, get focused, do something at the local level, meaning get into a polling place, turn on your phone, you know, uh, transparency all around. That's right. And demand, as a second point, that there be more action at the national level. Where are the Republicans that are going to say, what's the story here? How are we going to stop this? I don't think it's going to work to just have every man or woman win their race. That's what generally we get conservatives. You know, we, the people, we say, we're just going to go win our races. I don't think that works this time because the forces on the other side are too big and too powerful. What you need to know is it's late July. You've got three months. You've got three months. And right now, what's coming is going to be a fortified election by the money from the left. We know how that turned out in 2020. Whatever you think of the actual results, that's what happened. That's what you have to wonder about. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll come back and we will talk with uh, Dr. Ed Bartlett as well as uh, John Schlafly. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We will be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, My next guest, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Dr. Edward Bartlett is uh, one of the key people at SAVE. We'll talk about that in a minute. And a piece he wrote a few weeks ago over at AmericanThinker.com is what caught my eye and reminded me to reach out to him. Uh, About a month and a half or two months ago, we had a retired professor on the program, uh, Dr. Bartlett, and he was describing his experience at 
university where he worked and how he was uh, targeted and they used Title IX against him. And, and it was a fairly haunting interview. Actually, I did, I think, two interviews with him. And so uh, Dr. Edward Bartlett is the founder of SAVE, uh, Assuring Fairness and Due process, process in Schools. You can go to saveservices.org. And uh, welcome, sir. How are you? Hey, great to talk to you, Ed. Well, thank you for having me. And this piece that caught my eye in the American thinker, um, will, Bri- will Biden bring back kangaroo courts at the university? I mean, just answering this, answering very cynically, I would say, look, they're running a kangaroo court in, uh, in Congress right now. The January 6th Select Committee is a court without due process, without adversarial, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, um, um, uh, interviews or and public hearings, et cetera. And the Democrats and Biden seem sort of very satisfied. They think it's working out great. So why wouldn't they use Title IX and, and create the similar kangaroo courts at universities? I mean, is there any reason to think they won't? Well, you have to really believe that these people have never heard of the U.S. Constitution. Yeah. You have to wonder, have they never heard of the concept of due process or even the basic notion of fairness? It, it really is stunning. Uh, what we're seeing here, Ed, is, is a brazen, and I'm going to say it, it's an arrogant attempt by the Department of Education to transform our nation's schools into hotbeds of gender ideology. And it's one of the, the most brazen efforts ever taken uh, by the Department of Education. It's happening right now. Um, again, we're, we're talking with uh, Dr. Ed Bartlett, who's the, the uh, founder and the president of SAVE, a nonprofit organization that works for fairness and due process in schools. Um, you, you, but you mentioned here, you say, um, will Biden bring it back? Um, will they bring back the kangaroo courts? I guess there was real pro. I know there was real progress uh, under Trump and under uh, his Department of Education to try to swing things uh, back to what would be sane, uh, a process of addressing a problem. Uh, is is it all gone? I mean, uh, most of the things that, that Trump did, um, uh, f- you know, were reversed instantly almost. Uh, is it all gone already? Or are you holding out hope that somehow there will be some sanity introduced? Well, let me just uh, go back a few years and okay. answer Good. your question. Please. So back in 2011, that was under Obama, uh, a new policy was released by the Department of Education. Right. It went by the very innocent sounding name, Dear Colleague Letter. But what that dear colleague letter did was to really uh, eradicate basic notions of due process at college campuses around the country. So then along came uh, President Trump, Betsy DeVos. They removed and, and rescinded that 2011 policy and developed a brand new regulation based on, guess what, the Constitution, based on the notion of due process. And that actually went into effect in 2020, uh, two years ago. Well, uh, our our good friend Joe Biden just didn't believe in fairness, apparently. So he vowed to do away with this. So uh, just uh, three weeks ago, the U.S. Department of Education issued a draft Title IX regulation that, again, is is so stunning in its scope that it's, it's, it's just really turning schools into a a hotbed of gender ideology. 
Um, again, uh, let me uh, uh, encourage people, saveservices.org. You can see uh, a number of, uh, especially on the pre- your press room there, you get the press releases will sort of outline some of this. And in this piece that's over at the American Thinker by Ed Bartlett, Dr. Ed Bartlett, you can see there's hot links in it. And I'm, I'm looking at it on my computer to this Dear Colleague letter from 2011, the uh, the um, uh, the regula- regulation, the regulatory text uh, from uh, 2020. Um, so... But can I pull back to 20,000 feet? Um, and you've taught at universities. You've studied at, 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 I think, Johns Hopkins, where you did your PhD. You've been a- around the country. Um, how did we get to the point where the, the university professors, the people that would you'd sort of expect to be almost rabidly in the ivory tower demanding adherence to things like due process and, and evidentiary standards. You used to have people that would say, yeah, but in the real world, you know, I'm a cop. I got to get somebody arrested. I, I can't do too much of this, that what you'd have the university professors be on the side of, of saying, no, 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 we got a constitution. We're going to bring the ACLU in and all these things. There'd be lots of fights. They're all just taking it. I mean, are they are they do they buy into it because they're they're they've accepted the notion that we're going to be, you know, sort of uh, gender focused and, and all this uh, hyphenated Americans or are they old and, and tired because they're in tenure and they just want to get out of town? I mean, what how can this be going on? Why isn't there more of an uproar from the universities themselves? Yeah, we really have seen a stunning transformation occurring at, in the academy. And I say that myself as a former academic myself. How did that happen? Well, uh, a combination of the pressure from the Department of Education saying, we're going to revoke your funding unless you, you know, unless you create these kangaroo courts, uh, the so-called diversity, uh, equity and inclusion initiatives, uh, the women's studies program. It came from several directions, but it, it is an absolutely breathtaking transformation of our colleges. But that said, uh, the, the, you know, you know the old expression: uh, failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. We simply cannot allow this draft regulation to go through. So, we've actually succeeded in, in assembling a coalition of 130 organizations, uh, some enormously big and influential, others grassroots, uh, but 130 groups saying, "No, this is a horrible policy. Uh, we are opposed to it." And it's not only our groups, there's there's uh, tw- uh, 20 attorneys general uh, mm-hmm. have actually filed a lawsuit saying this is a very, very bad policy. The Department of Education has no uh, authority to issue such a sweeping regulation. So so <clears throat> we have on our website, we have a page to, to help your listeners to submit comments if, if they want to just do a uh, a, a sort of a pre-scripted uh, a comment where you make additions or changes, you can do that. Or if your listeners want to, you know, send a, a more extended and thoughtful and legally based argument, they can. We have that instruction as well. So, uh, bottom line is this must be changed. I also want to mention, Ed, if I can. Yes, please. Uh, <clears throat> we have a rally coming up here in Washington D.C. on August the 11th. Uh, it'll begin at 11 o'clock, and we strategically located it to be right in front of the Department of Education building on Maryland Avenue in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Again, information about that rally is on our website. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Ed Barlow is who we're talking to, and again, um, let me say it a couple more times, uh, save, s- saveservices.org is the website you can go to. Um, 
does the is is the hope in in pushing back on this is there two ways to think of it one uh, or let me ask you if there's a change in the leadership of the house and senate in the fall um and uh, in the election in november and then in in january then they would take office can can they can, is there some way that the dynamic can change significantly or is it really executive one of these again one of these moments where we put so much power in the executive second thing is you mentioned state attorneys general uh, can we expect that the universities can push back via the states or is it really there's so much regulation from the federal department of education and from, frankly, the loan programs, right, that tie the universities to the, the federal spigot for money, is that unlikely to lead us to have a, a state-based solutions? Well, uh, Ed, I honestly think the state, the 20 state attorneys general um, that issued, that have released this lawsuit, I, I think that's our best hope. Okay. Uh, because they are powerful. They really mean it. Uh, they have the ability to file lawsuits. They have the ability to make the life of the Department of Education bureaucrats pretty uncomfortable. Right. That's our, our best hope. But we, we really need a groundswell of opposition from, from your listeners, from, you know, various organizations around the country. I mean, we're, we, we really, I can't overstate the transforming effect this regulation would have on our schools and ultimately on our families. Yeah. Um, Dr. Ed Bartlett is our guest. Um, his piece, which was very good at summarizing and describing what we're talking about over at the American Thinker, ran a few weeks ago. Will Biden bring back the kangaroo courts at the university? Um, it's not hard to imagine the chaos that is that ensues in specific examples. Uh, you'll hear them. But uh, to Dr. Bartlett's point, it transforms these schools. They become I mean, it's not just the single instances that are unfair. That's terrible, too. It's the transformation of the, the universities. Uh, again, last line here is the, the acceleration of this. It feels like a lot of things go faster now than they ever have. It's almost like we we you know, I don't know, the speed of the Internet plus the speed of social media. Is there it, does that mean that, though, that there's like the critical race theory opposition, like the 1619 versus 1776? Are you feeling like the the forces are coming in behind you or are you feeling like you're getting sort of rolled by the size of the, by the federal government? Well, I think there's no question that 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 events are, are are occurring faster than they used to, and for this reason, we really need to take this this uh, draft Title IX regulation seriously because it's not we can't view this in isolation. There are other attempts as well uh, coming from the Biden administration. I could go into detail if you wanted, but there's other attempts going on simultaneously to again radically. To, to, to redefine sex to include gender identity um, and sexual orientation. I mean, these are really transformative concepts. Well, uh, I, first of all, thank you. And we'll get you back um, maybe before your uh, event um, and talk more about it in uh, August 11th. And uh, But I appreciate very much the context here. Uh, Dr. Ed Bartlett, again, you go to his website, Save services.org save services.org save this organization the subtitle uh, is assuring fairness and due process in schools makes total sense it's just in a world that's nonsensical it seems like we have to worry about things so thanks very much again dr barley appreciate right. your time all right thanks much ed take okay. care all right we'll take a break everybody and we'll be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report don't forget visit proamericareport.com to uh, sign up there for the daily email and see these great interviews and links there be back in a moment 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly writes a weekly column with his brother, Andy. It's called the Schlafly Report, and you can go over to townhall.com and see that column every week. comes out on Tuesdays, but also it is archived at phyllisschlafly.com. And uh, John Schlafly, longtime uh, activist, worked with his mother, the late Phyllis Schlafly, for decades and decades and continues on the work of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Uh, John, welcome back. I know the topic of the column this week is the Steve Bannon trial. First of all, you're a lawyer, among other things. I mean, you're, you're an attorney uh, over these years. Um, I, I, between the, the Title IX, I, just, I did a, had a conversation with Ed Bartlett uh, about how the Biden administration is, is deciding to go backwards on Title IX and having these kangaroo courts on college campuses. We watched the, the show trial of the January 6th uh, Select Committee uh, on Congress uh, with no, there's no um, adversarial process. There's no back and forth. It's just this sort of sound bites, literally playing to the, uh, to the crowd. Uh, and then we watched the Bannon trial, which was as predictable as predictable could be that you weren't going to get a fair trial in DC. I, I mean, John, you're a lawyer. I mean, isn't the legal system supposed to work better than this? Yes, and these you are right that this has been a series of examples of terrible abuses of the Anglo-American legal system that we inherited from England and that was written into our Constitution by the Founding Fathers. And, uh, you, know, you know, Steve Bannon was not tried by a, an impartial jury, as re- the Constitution requires. And, you know, the, the, the Biden administration prosecuted him for you know, a contempt of Congress, which, uh, first of all, I'm not sure that's anyone has ever happened before, certainly not within our lifetimes. And but if Congress is the aggrieved party, so to speak, then the new Congress, which is, takes office in no in January, should be able to erase that conviction. You know, uh, there is. The, the question of whether Congress can pardon offenses is an unresolved question in our judicial system. Uh, the Constitution gives the president the power to pardon, but there, the, the Justice Department 50 years ago wrote a memorandum stating that uh, legislative party uh, pardon is an open question. And so I think that uh, the, the new Congress that takes office in January has got to take steps to remedy the injustices of the judicial system. We cannot well, so, allow so, this go on for another two years. So, John, let's talk about this for a minute. We're talking with John Schlafly, because this is a conversation you and I and Andy Schlafly, who also writes a column we were having. Uh, on one level, if, if, a, if the um, complaining party, just as a matter of intuitively of law, if the complaining party switches and, and, and politically switches, and the, so the new party is in, and this happens all the time, right? When when um, Joe Biden won for president, his new attorney general came in and dropped a bunch of suits that had been brought by the Department of Justice under under uh, Donald Trump. And the idea would be, well, whoever's in charge of that department, the executive has the, won the political election and therefore can make those decisions. So if the complaining party, in this case, Congress, switched, you could say, well, let's I don't want to complain anymore. I want to drop those charges. I think the comeback is right that the the uh, the previous Congress stands on its own and they would say, well, we we had the right to assert this and we we did while we were in and therefore we referred it and all the rest. But uh, so that's one thing. But the second thing is what kind of system is this where the Congress can refer to its own party in the executive to enforce 
criminal law against individuals. I mean, this is pretty breathtaking, isn't it? Well, it is when it's clearly politically motivated as, as here. And, uh, you know, so uh, these are, you know, there's been a series of examples. I guess it, let's not forget about General Mike Flynn. Yeah, right, uh, right. The, the, the way his case was handled was completely abusive. Now, uh, General Flynn did receive a pardon from President Trump before he left office. But there's a, we've got a, now a series of other people who uh, deserve that kind of remedy um, after Trump left office. And that includes, um, you know, the 800 or so people who were arrested over, you know, demonstrating at the Capitol on January the 6th 20, you know, of, of 2021. So, you know, there's an awful lot of work that needs to be done beginning, I think, with Steve Bannon, as soon as the new Congress is sworn in, which will happen on January 3rd next year. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly again. He writes the weekly Schlafly Report, which uh, runs over at uh, uh, townhall.com and, uh, and uh, also uh, archived at phyllisschlafly.com. Um, John, how do you how do you how do we understand when you look up in the public, you, the public looks up in regular America and sees Washington doing this to the January 6th select committee seems skewed the Bannon testimony more as uh, as more becomes clear about the January 6th defendants. It seems pretty terrible. As you mentioned, Mike Flynn, you could go to Roger Stone. I mean, you know, he, he, the, at least in how Stone uh, that Roger, they invaded his house at the crack of dawn with CNN having been tipped off to be there to tape it all. Um, I think that just happened to one of the Trump uh, senior officials. Was it one of the acting attorney general uh, when they came to his house? He was you know, caught in a T-shirt and shorts and they made sure the media was there at a certain point. It's 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 becoming clear that the uh, that the, 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 the deck is stacked against conservatives. It feels like if you look and sound like a Trump supporter, you're going to be targeted. Yes. And let's not forget the, our great friend, Peter Navarro who right. was charged in the same way that Steve Bannon was. But Navarro is handling his defense uh, a little differently. And he's, if anything, he's been more combative than Steve Bannon, which is hard to imagine. But uh, Navarro uh, is acting as his own lawyer. He has not gone to trial yet. And we're going to face another situation there. And I, we want to follow that very carefully because Peter Navarro, who was, you know, I think one of only two or three people who was in the White House for the entire right from day right. one to yeah. the end of Trump's administration, and uh, we hope that he will come back. Uh, so, you know, we need to stand by Peter Navarro, who's been terrific, and uh, just to make just one thing: look, how Peter Navarro went toe to toe with Dr. Fauci. Uh, every day during COVID. And uh, unfortunately, Fauci is still there and Navarro isn't. And that situation needs to be reversed. Is um, John, do you think at this point, um, the uh, the January 6th select committee, I don't know if you watched much of it, but I mean that the hearings and all uh, kind of like the uh, it's, it's all kind of jumped the shark, right? I mean, at this point, it's, I guess if you're a Democrat and you watch it, you think, Oh good. We proved everything. If you're normal or maybe it's, if you're a Trump supporter, I suppose you watch it and you think there's nothing there. That I mean, there's not, there's been nothing there and yet it's covered breathlessly. True. I mean, that's how I view it, but they have 
you know, worked very hard and spent millions of dollars to build a narrative. And that narrative will go into the history books unless a counter narrative is is brought to the attention of the American people. And I feel that's what the new Congress needs to do to build a counter narrative, uh, tell a completely different story using facts that have not yet and evidence that have not has not that's been concealed all this time about what really happened and all the other things that really happened on that day. Um, John, one last line on this. I would talk with John Schlafly. Uh, uh, how do you think, uh, or why do you think that the, um, that the um, Republicans that may end up in power in the House and Senate, why do you think they'll act differently than they have in the past? So often they get control and they pass a tax cut. Um, and they don't necessarily do the things that you'd expect if you were said, well, you just won because you're conservative. Why, what makes you think that it's going to be better? It's going to be different. Because uh, I think they realized that Donald Trump is in charge of the Republican Party. And as I think Kevin Mc, uh, McCarthy understands that. I don't, not, I don't think Mitch McConnell does. But uh, if Kevin McCarthy wants to be speaker, and the only way he can become speaker is if Donald Trump, if it's okay with Trump. And uh, so he's going to have to conduct the House of Representatives uh, to represent the majority of his conference who support Trump. Now, you know, a third of the conference does not support Trump. I, I get that. But, uh, you know, the leadership is going to have to uh, run the place to uh, basically not get crossways with Donald Trump. You think? I yeah, mean, I, I do. I, I, I mean, if he doesn't, he's going to go. I mean, yeah. that's, there's just no two ways about it. We can't have a Republican leader who's working uh, against Donald Trump. We just can't allow that. Um, Donald Trump was back in Washington this week, uh, given a couple of speeches. I think it's the first time he's been back since January 6th, technically, or not January 6th, since January 20th, when he left office. Um, and, uh, he was over at America first. I noticed though, the America first, um, did you see this, John? There was America first event where Joni Ernst, Senator Ernst was saying how we've got to beat the Russians and then everyone clapped. And I think a lot of the America first people said, wait a second, what? I mean, we just had the Ukrainians put Tucker Carlson on a, on a, a, a no fly list or something. I mean, they, I think the, the, there might still need to be a memo about what the foreign policy policy of, of the Trump vision is. So what do you think of that? that I, I definitely do agree with that. And, uh, you know, the group that Trump spoke to or is speaking to this week is the group that raised the most money. They've raised tens of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Don't really know where that money has come, come from. I'm a little suspicious that they really represent the, the MAGA base that has powered Trump's victory. I, I'm a little suspicious of that. Right. Uh, they've got some people in there who uh, you know, are long for the ride, I fear. Yeah. And, but Trump, uh, you know, he gave them credibility by speaking to their conference. But as you say, we need to pay close attention to uh, make sure they are not uh, 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 sidelined by the swamp. Yeah. 
All right, John Sean Schlafly never sidelined by the swamp himself. Uh, you can go to uh, go to uh, phyllisschlafly.com, see all of his great columns archived there. Uh, thank you, John. As usual, we'll talk again next week. Again, the Schlafly Report is available at townhall.com and then over uh, archived at phyllisschlafly.com. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now, continuing that legacy, the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The Department of Justice refuses to accept any oversight or accountability. And its Biden-appointed Attorney General Merrick Garland has called on the FBI to investigate parents who object to a leftist curriculum at their public schools. These parents should be honored for having the courage and dedication to be an active part of their children's education. In an all-too-similar situation, courageous border agents are being investigated by the Department of Justice rather than being honored for their heroism. You wouldn't hear it on the mainstream media, but it was actually Border Patrol agents in Uvalde, Texas, who rushed in to stop the murderous shooter at the elementary school there. While other law enforcement officers waited outside the school for an hour, an elite team of Border Patrol agents stormed the school with no regard for their own safety and ended the active threat. They saved an untold number of innocent young victims. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas said to Attorney General Garland after learning about parents being targeted by government, This testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. Thank God you're not on the Supreme Court. You should resign in disgrace, Judge. I couldn't agree with Senator Cotton anymore. Garland's DOJ persecutes and prosecutes the good while promoting the evil. They might not always win in the end, but the process is the punishment. Armed to the teeth with your taxpayer dollars, these leftist government arms punish political opponents indiscriminately. This is the very definition of lawfare. Continuing with the drumbeat of perverted justice and the use of lawfare, some Democrats and maybe even anti-Trump Republican Liz Cheney hope for an indictment of former President Donald Trump. This would be improper and politically motivated. It would backfire on Democrats and Cheney if such a stunt is attempted against Trump. It's a political misuse of power. That's lawfare. The simple fact is this. The corruption is in politically motivated prosecutions, not in any of the Republicans who they target. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. You'll be glad to know the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly continues, upheld by Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Chairman Helen Marie Taylor, Treasurer John Schlafly, a full staff in St. Louis in our nation's capital, and thousands of citizen volunteers, her eagles, across the country. You can be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let's wrap things up today. Just got a couple of minutes left. Let me tell you a quick story 
that I have, I don't think I've ever told, well, certainly never told on the air, but I don't know if I've told it often at all. Um, and it goes like this because right now in St. Louis, my hometown, uh, we had extraordinary rain over the last 24 hours and certain parts of the, of the St. Louis metro area are just flooded. And, and there's a, there's a sort of dry creek, a dry river that runs uh, from up near University City all the way down through Forest Park and into South City. It's called River de Pair. And it's kind of a creek. But when it rains, it gets filled up and it's a, a huge uh, right now. It's hugely flooded as it floods out. But here's my story. Um, when I wrote the book, The Conservative Case for Trump, and it became a bestseller, um, I was told in the contract and the late Phyllis Schlafly and I and Brett Decker wrote that book together, became a bestseller, New York Times bestseller in the contract. Um, it included a provision that I guess is somewhat standard that my next book would need to be offered to uh, the publisher, and so that they'd get first crack at my next book. And I wasn't sure what that would be, but I, I got a recommendation from an agent. He said, come up with an idea that you want to do and and just pitch it. And even if it's a crazy idea, they'll turn it down, and then you're free from that obligation going forward. So I wrote up a pitch, and it was called A River Runs Through It. And it was colon, a study of the St. Louis political scene. And the metaphor that I used was there is a river that runs underneath Forest Park, the River de Pair, that was at one point originally a kind of sewer. And then it was hidden. It was used during the World's Fair. It was used as a, the gondolas uh, went through it. And it was uh, then a, a, a meandering river. Then it was buried. And that was my story. A river runs through it, the River de Pair story. And, of course, the publisher turned it down, and I never uh, had to do that book. Uh, but I got out of that piece of the contract. I'm told. So there you go. I was thinking of that as River de Pair was flooding. Um, so there you have it. Uh, thank you to Noah Dingley, our great producer. Uh, Joanna Spilger, our associate producer. Thank you for listening. And uh, don't look on the bookshelves for A River Runs Through It, a history of politics in St. Louis. I never wrote the book. Talk to you tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.